Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk? Today, we're going to talk about Orwell, Huxley, America, and the State of the Union, Tina Peters, former Mesa County, Colorado clerk and election integrity hero joins us today. I'm so excited to get her joining us. Uh, Democrats, enforcing the border is white nationalism. They're actually saying that. And truth about the State of the Union. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. On America Can We Talk, I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. And hello again and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. I'm Debbie George Addis. I did not watch the State of the Union last night, but we had out-of-time company visiting, and so I had to just uh, live with reading about it today. But I want to make an overall point in the first five today about the State of the Union, and then we'll come back to it after we have our guests join us. But I called this segment Orwell, Huxley, American State of the Union. You are likely familiar with the book uh, called 1984, written by George Orwell. He actually wrote it in 1948, and he switched the last two digits, making 1984, to make his point, his warning. Uh, it was a fictional book, but it was to make the warning about the approach of totalitarianism and how we would have, we could have a complete taking over of society and the loss of individual freedom through a variety of steps the government could take. Big Brother's watching you, uh, language is controlled, and pretty soon you don't challenge anything you're told. You know, the whole long story plays out of a society completely controlled uh, by the government. And so it was a warning about totalitarianism coming from George Orwell because we had just emerged at that point um, at, from the uh, Second World War and watched the rise of fascism and totalitarianism around the world. So that was his version, his warning to America. But there's another author I want to mention briefly today, uh, and this is a guy, Aldous Huxley. His last name is H-U-X-L-E-Y, and his, uh, I think, most famous book was Brave New World. And he's making a different point. I swear this relates to the State of the Union. He's making a different point. Huxley is about the way people can lose their freedom, the way they can lose their freedom. And he talks about the idea that people can be some become so complacent, so... Uh, happy with, willing to tolerate uh, what they see the government doing, willing to give away their freedom or to watch it being taken away and not really care. And he had some great quotes. Um, and I'm going to read one just to um, that summarizes the point. And then I'll go back to the State of the Union. This is from Aldous Huxley in Brave New World. What I may call the messages of Brave New World, but it is possible to make people contented with their servitude. I think this can be done. I think it has been done in the past. I think it could be done even more effectively now because you can provide them with bread and circuses, bread and circuses, and you can provide them with endless amounts of distractions and propaganda. And so what we watched last night in the uh, State of the Union from Joe Biden was really a government already thinking that they've already done that to you, the American people. We see Joe Biden. I'm going to tell, give you a few examples of what I'm talking about. So there's a, um, you know, the constant effort by the left to promise you, don't worry, we're taking care of everything. Uh, COVID, we're going to get you COVID relief. You're going to have, you know, you're going to, ha you don't have to worry about it. If you get, whatever happens, your company, your business, you know, COVID relief is going to take care uh, of everything. And so the idea, uh, when you're trying to make a people complacent and content with bread and circuses, is you're just going to give them enough distractions, enough foolish entertainment, enough distractions of non-consequential uh, things being pumped up as, as emergencies that you've got people running around with their a chicken to their head cut off, not recognizing what's happening right in front of them. One example of COVID was the breeding, the intentional breeding by the government of the quality in American people of submission, servitude, and dependence. What happens when not just they say, well, we'll make sure if you need emergency health care that you get it, 
but it was a lifestyle change that really became more and more apparent during COVID as people thought, well, I can't work and the government's providing with payments. And actually, now that I've been out of work for a while, it seems pretty cozy to me. I'm not sure why I should work. So you had the cultivation um, of dependence. And just one tiny little example I'll give you of this. Uh, Medicaid between March of 2020 and October of 2022. So Medicaid in that short period of time, enrollment in the program exploded by more than 20 million. That's a 29% increase. This is people no longer making an effort, no longer attempting to find health care for themselves, for their families in the normal traditional American way, which we do by hiring our own, getting insurance, hiring our own care, all sorts of ways you can do it. But the answer of more Americans is, you know what, just go ahead and become dependent on the government. And there are, there are data points to, I could read the rest of the show that point out this is an intentional, there's a cultivation of dependency by this government and it is intentional. It's intentional to cause you to believe you can simply no longer function for yourself, take care of yourself. And why in the heck would you? Why would you take care of yourself when you have the government there to take care of you? And so you have this cultivation of dependency. It ties what Aldous Huxley is saying too. Once you think that you are being taken care of, you don't really care if the entire structure of America's government is surrendering to, submitting to a growing tyrannical power in Washington. You don't care because you still have your free Medicaid. You still have your free entertainment and your drag queen shows or whatever it is that, that makes you excited. Another example about this, what this is, and I'm getting at the idea that we heard nothing that was truthful about the state of America out of the lips of Joe Biden last night. We hear a, it is a triumphant victory lap, as much as he's aware of anything he's saying, but a triumphant victory lap because America has gone right down the path that the Marxists and socialists intended for America. Another great example, just to keep in mind. So when uh, Obama was president, and you recall when Obama was president, you know, Joe Biden was his vice president, one step he made early in his presidency was to sub out, to change out the people and fill in people um, for an administrative law positions who would have the idea of, of, of the possibility, the right to determine who's eligible for, um, for disability. This was the idea was, um, I mean, I'm gonna get to this page, tell you the exact number. So Obama starts this whole process of changing out the system. So you have a socialist in the form of Barack Obama. He's subbing out the, the people who, uh, uh, administrative law judges who decide the applications made under a social security disabilities claim. So he, Obama, subs out a bunch of judges who like his socialist agenda, who think it's fabulous to have more and more Americans become dependent. And actually in July, on July 21st of 2020, the National Alliance on Mental Illness published a publication called How to Qualify for Social Security Disability Benefits with Depression. So you have people who can now apply for Social Security benefits, claim depression, getting tips from the Mental Health Alliance. Here's how you can claim that you are, you need uh, Social Security benefits, you need your disability benefits because you're depressed. This is not, again, this is not sympathy for those with mental illness. This is not trying to help the downtrodden. This is a cultivated dependency in our country. Dependency is one thing if it's just financial, if it's Medicaid, if it's Social Security. But the deeper point, tying back to what Joe Biden went through tonight, last night in his State of the Union, what he's talking about, the way he's talking to America is a country that has been cultivated by the Marxist ideology for decades. And to the point that you're going to be happy, they're, they're, they're behaving, the Biden administration behaving like the uh, Orwell 1984 book where we have, we do literally have a ministry of truth. They had to pull it back, the disinformation board, because people complained, but they're still doing it. It's still the same thing happening. The government is telling you what you can and can't talk about. We have controlled speech. We have people silenced. We have the government com in complicity with Twitter deciding what the people are allowed to know, we're watching 1984 in the form of what Barack Obama did and now what Joe Biden is doing to America, compounded with this idea from Aldous Huxley and I have many other quotes from him, I probably read later in the show, but you're being talked to by a bunch of people lying about 
everything that his administration is doing, lying about the numbers, everything he says was just a concoction, a contortion, a manipulation, but you're being talked to by people who've been cultivated into not caring very much about what the facts are, what the truth is, what path America is on. You're content with your bread and circuses, or so thinks the Biden administration and the left that is taking down this country as we speak. They think you are already the cultivated, dependent, bread and circus entertained masses Aldous Huxley envisioned, and they can spoon feed you lies, spoon feed you misperceptions, and you're just gonna be so happy because they're making sure your life is okay, and you are indeed entitled to the next round of whatever basis they find to make you more dependent, more weak, and you're distracted by the foolishness uh, of our culture and not recognizing what is happening to this country. That is how the left thinks. That's how they think of you, the American people. I'll wrap up the first five by saying this. I actually think Joe Biden is wrong. I think the American left is wrong. I think there are people who are happily led along and cultivated by and, and submissive to the idea if I get free Medicaid and no, don't have to take care of my health care and get disability benefits, I don't have to work. Yeah, there's a bunch of those Americans, and I'm sorry for them, and we need to try to wake them up. But I actually think that truth is on the rise. I, th I think that people are waking up more than they ever have, and they are aware what is happening to our country. They are aware of the rampant Marxist cultivation of this society, attempted cultivation, and they're waking up and they're speaking up in the form of people who speak up at school boards, who run for school boards, who speak up about election integrity, who speak up about the border, who speak up about the destruction of the military. America is full of patriots, wide awake, speaking up, and absolutely unwilling to tolerate what the left is doing to this country. And we, my very fine friends, the good guys, the people who are wide awake and in the fight for freedom and for America, we are going to win. And that, my very fine friends, is today's First Five. So I told you we have a guest joining us. I love this lady, and I just love her. Her name is Tina Peters. Um, she has been in studio with us once. I forgot when it was, but on a Thursday last year, I think. Um, but she was the uh, county clerk in Mesa, Colorado, and that meant in her uh, district, in that state, uh, she was in charge of the elections, and you've heard the story on the show numerous times, so I'm just going to give you a, a condensed version, and then we're going to catch up with her today, find out what she's doing, what she's up to. But So Tina Peters, county clerk, and long story short, uh, was able to gather information from the Dominion voting machines uh, through a graphic... Um, uh, what's the right word for it? An internal picture taking of what was happening inside the Dominion voting machines uh, before and after they did their trusted bills. So she's got an actual a forensic image made, um, or she had access to a forensic image made of the inside of the Dominion voting machines before and after the uh, Dominion people got to and worked on them and took that information directly from the Dominion voting machine, sent to experts, two particular experts, Jeffrey O'Donnell and Walter Doherty, and they analyzed the information that they were, these were you know, cyber experts, examined these uh, information, these forensic images, and, and issued a report. Um, I will tell you that on our website, I'm regularly reposting the link to this, but there were three reports. Report number three, Mesa County, Colorado Voting Systems Report number three, uh, is a, a flat-out indictment of the integ of the vulnerability of, of Dominion voting machines and the actual switching of information inside those voting machines. Um, is, if there was ever a flat-out, staring you in the face, irrefutable proof that something is deeply wrong with the Dominion voting machines, they have it, and it's linked on our website today. Um, I could. I've taken too much time, so I, got, I want to go to her, but we, we, I do want to share with you some of the things that, was, that were uncovered. Uh, and you'd think, if you were an honest election official, if you were an honest election official, and you were in charge of the machines, and someone came and said, look what we have uncovered. It's outrageous. Any honest person would say, well, dang, we're going to figure this out. We are going to figure out what happened, and we're going to dive in. But the answer, the response of various officials was not to be grateful that someone uncovered the truth, but to, as they say, shoot the messenger. Go after the person, Tina Peters, who caused this discovery to be made. And so that's what's happened to her right now. She is, um, she has been charged with several crimes, uh, no criminal trial yet, and she is one of the spunkiest, Number, she's spunky, and at the same time, she is uh, savvy, she is sage, she's a hardworking, 
absolute rock solid, you know, red blooded American patriot, and she's in the fight for election integrity. And from Colorado, let's have join us right now, Tina Peters. Hi, Tina. Uh, hi, Debbie. How are you? I'm happy to see you. And how are you? I'm doing great. You know, God gives me the strength. I, I, I always say that what God brings you to, he'll see you through. And I'll tell you what, that's a testimony of what's going on. Because like you said, they are coming after me hot. Now, they're, they're trying to uh, tell the American people that will listen that all of a sudden at 66 years old, a grandmother, a gold star mom, my son was a Navy SEAL, I lost him in 2017, and a cancer survivor is going to at 66 without any prior criminal history, not even a parking ticket, a speeding ticket, is gonna go off on a crime spree. So right now uh, I have seven felonies, three misdemeanors and a, uh, a 10 count indictment uh, by a grand jury. And also they couldn't get me for doing something illegal. So they kept trying to follow me around, <clears throat> excuse me, and find something that I was doing, which resulted in an obstruction charge uh, when they had done my, um, uh, my indictment and they, they put me on a $500,000 bond. Even, even murderers don't have that. And we got that reduced. I had to put up my house. They uh, have said, they've ordered me that I cannot leave the state of Colorado. Um, they found out that um, I was in at a Constitutional Sheriff and Peace Officers Association before they made that announcement because I have to get permission, if you can imagine, to travel anywhere because I'm such a flight risk, right, Debbie? Anyway, and also I was, and so, when they issued that, they heard me speaking out about the DA who let a man, the same DA that's using all of his resources to go after me. Uh, and Merrick Garland, you know, have been has been involved in this since the very beginning. The FBI raided my home in November of 2021, so on and so forth. But because I was speaking at a conservative at a constitutional sheriff and peace officers association conference. And I called the DA out for letting a man go with 26 pounds of fentanyl, enough to kill half the United States. Let him go on probation. But no, 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 they're coming after me. And the reason, and, and one other thing, Debbie, I was, I had given you my word, I would be at your conference, your Women for Freedom conference, right? When I asked to, when I had to petition the court and the DA to come there, they denied me coming to speak at your conference. And I'm thinking, well, are they against women or is it freedom? You know, I mean, these things you can't even make up, Debbie, right? Yeah, uh, Tina, actually, I'm so glad you mentioned that. So I invited Tina Peters to speak at our third annual Women for Freedom Summit, uh, which was here in Dallas last fall in October. And um, she wanted to do it very much and, and could not because she'd been ordered not to leave. But you know, it's the most amazing thing Tina, I mean, I, it's really weird because I've only known you a couple of years, um, but I, I, I know your heart. I mean, you want election integrity and the idea to uncover what your, uh, and I'll just quickly tell our listeners a quickest little summary. Uh, I, I do this from the summary sheet because I wouldn't read from the report because it's so lengthy, but these two gentlemen who reviewed these forensic images of before and after uh, Dominion was in checking on them, uh, on the um, Dominion voting machines. They, these people say they a copy of the hard drive, uh, use in Mesa County for two elections, they're independent experts, and they concluded the machine secretly manipulated ballot data and destroyed critical records in both elections after vote counting was underway Thousands of ballots that had already been counted were secretly reprocessed. The open door for there, there was a complete vulnerability for these machines to get um, access, to get hacked essentially. Um, the hard drive shows that in both elections, two new unauthorized shadow databases were secretly created on the machine after counting began. I won't read the whole sheet, but I want to just have you comment at one point, which I, I just think, you know. I think the reason for the whatever remainder of people in this country who still try to say there's not election, outcome changing election fraud happening, they just cannot imagine that 
people in the official position having the job of overseeing a county clerk or having any other responsibility for elections, people in America could read this report and, and they assume the report has to be wrong because these officials certainly would not allow cheating to go on. But the answer has been they see this report and as far as I know, in your case, no one has refuted the findings these people made. Is that accurate? That is accurate. And people can see the whole story uh, on selectioncode.com. It's a great, I mean, I would encourage everyone to, it's an hour long movie and it has some drama, it has some, some lap, you know, humor, but it has facts that are easy to absorb and, um, and, and to watch to understand exactly what is going on. So, but, you know, backing up just a little bit about the report number three. So when report number one came out, I had been, when, when it leaked to the Secretary of State that we were on to her, that we knew that she had deleted uh, vital election records, she sought to, um, to go after me. She sued me. She went to a judge that said uh, she, when I wouldn't sign a, uh, an agreement that I would take back what I said on Facebook Live, that these need to be, she, machines need to be more transparent to the people. And I said I would not use these machines. They could, they could, um, they could compete with any other vendor. So she went to a judge and they unlawfully removed an, elect, an elected official went at, to a judge and, and removed me from office, which is against the law. You, you know, the, the law provides if you want to remove an elected official, it has to go through a recall. Yeah, so it, you, it, go ahead. Well, you would think with the, when we presented, so um, I was I was taken to uh, a, a, an undisclosed location because they feared for my life, literally feared for my life. My hotel room was physically breached. I was moved to another location where I had 24-7 security. When the first report came out, I felt safe enough to come home. I had been, I had been still doing, um, contacting my office, doing all my work as the clerk. My chief deputy was in there, who was the acting clerk on site, and I felt confident enough to come back to deliver the first report. When I delivered the first report to the commissioners and to the uh, the DA, who I had asked prior to this when there was a, a situation where, where I, had, uh, I had proof through the video, through video in 2019 that they had, they had uh, stuffed the ballot box, or, or stuffed, yeah, stuffed the ballot box with more uh, ballots than were on the video. He said, I'm too busy, I only have three investigators, so if you can bring me the proof, and I'm thinking to myself, Debbie, I've got five divisions I'm running. You know, I've got motor vehicle, I have elections, reporting clerk to the board, you know, and, and all of these offices that I'm run, running and, and um, employees. So his thing was, well, when, now it is, well, why didn't she come to us? When she felt that there was, that the Secretary of State was coming in to do something nefarious, why didn't she come to us? Well, it was a month before this trusted build. I'd gone to the county, I'd asked them for IT support to observe what was going on during this I call it the untrusted build. So anyway, so the first report comes out, it shows there's 29,000 election records that have been deleted. That is a federal offense. Jenna Griswold and her people that she say I influenced, that's what one of the, the indictment is on, that I influenced should have been arrested on the spot for that. Second report, but that wasn't enough, right? Second report comes out, Debbie, and it shows there's 36 wireless devices. 36 wireless devices. These machines by law are not supposed to be connected or have the capability to be connected to the internet. You think that would be enough? No, they kept coming to me that, well, well, but you haven't shown us how you flipped, how it's flipped any votes. And I told the cyber guys, I said, go in there and I want you to audit the, the April, 2021 election. And when they did, that's when they found what you're speaking of. And still, these people have not been brought to justice, and they've gone after me to silence me and throw me in prison. 
Uh, Tina Pierce, the story is remarkable. Honestly, I was thinking when you were talking, you know, we used to read stories and, about other countries and how we didn't trust their elections and they were not trustworthy because XYZ happened. And people have the reaction, well, thank goodness we're in America and these things don't happen here. That's what they think. They think, thank goodness, because, you know, we have laws and we have officials with integrity. But this whole story, I mean, what I, I'm thrilled you're available to, and I do want to talk about kind of the, um, the supporters in Colorado, what they're doing around you, and also the media's role, and also the uh, prosecutors have pushed off the uh, trial date for a variety of reasons. I want to talk about those three things. But I really just want to say the gut reaction of most Americans hearing this story was, well, you must be talking about you know, some third world country, or you must be talking about a fiction story, fictional story. But the real, actual officials in this country who have the evidence you described, which everyone, I mean, I am not a computer, I'm not deeply computer, you know, a cybersecurity expert, but I can get through at least portions of at least report number three and realize this is reporting on deeply problematic things. I mean, clearly evidence of some kind of manipulation, fraud, interference. And yet the officials in our country are more interested in going after you, a gold star mom uh, who's, you know, doesn't have a criminal record at all, but you're the problem because you expose it, not the, not the problems that were uncovered. Um, but I do want to ask you, I, I mentioned three topics I want to hit. Uh, one is, uh, and I know your home, I always want to reiterate, as you did for our listeners, your home was raided by the FBI, which has kind of become this thing the FBI does uh, related to January 6th, many, many unbelievably unjustified intrusions. So FBI not behaving like the law enforcement agency you would hope. But I want to talk about the media's role. So you're sitting in Colorado and, you know, everyone who pays attention to election security knows your story. I, I mean, people around the country know your story and they know it because you've spoken. So you're, you're in Colorado, you would think that the media, who's always claiming they're the ones that stand up for justice, truth, justice, the American way, they stand. And how's the media coverage been of you? I've had over 600 articles written about me, negative articles in my hometown. When I say front page above the fold, I have basically, I think they need to give me a kickback for, for keeping that newspaper afloat these last couple of years because they were about to go bankrupt until all this happened. So they have, they have spent, and, and you know, it's interesting. I, I, I was thinking about this this morning, Debbie, is I was listening to um, a, a church program as I was driving to an appointment and they were talking about how, how evil people take over and, and the progress of it. And so in this case, I'll just give you an example. In Mesa County, John Paulos, who is the president of Dominion, came to Mesa County. Now, Merrick Garland's been involved in this since the beginning as well. Just, you know, why would the U.S., uh, uh, you know, hey, Joe Who's Biden, been involved in this since the beginning? Excuse me. Who's been involved? Merrick, Gar Merrick Garland, Joe Biden's attorney general of the yeah. United okay. States. Okay, yeah, okay. Okay, so they know that this is, this is, this is scaring them that this information is being brought to the light. So they go, John Paulos, who's, who is the president of Dominion, goes to the commissioners. We had one year left on that contract and I already, had already been researching another company to go with to get rid of Dominion. He goes to them, he threatens to sue them. They sign up even after three and a half hours of constituents coming and pleading with them for three with with a, a opportunity to speak for only three minutes each. So you can imagine it was a it was a trail of people begging these commissioners, please don't sign a an extension of the contract. They didn't listen to anybody. They signed it for till 2029, Debbie. 2029 Gosh. contract to extend the Dominion equipment. And then because they can't look bad, right? So when I brought the first report, one of the commissioners within 10 minutes sent it to the to this awful, horrible reporter at this liberal leftist newspaper to defame me. And then they started getting, they started influencing the other people, you know, the elected officials, the people that were, because they can't be seen. It's got to be my fault. So I am called the sacrificial lamb because I saved them. So, so 
you know, Dominion couldn't have sued them. I didn't break any laws. But this is how it goes when when the corrupt start influencing other people and and you're talking about media. Um, you know, they're, they're, we know that we cannot go the media anymore, the mainstream media. That's why shows like yours are so important. People are leaving mainstream media. Uh, look at CNN and, you know, all their ratings and everything. They need shows like yours, Debbie. And I'm so grateful that you put it out there. But no, the mainstream leftist liberal bought and paid for media has, has just continued to uh, make me out as a criminal. It is unbelievable. I mean, the, I mean, you kind of, I, I feel like I repeat adjectives instead of being finding new ones, but it is unbelievable that you have a story like you do. You have in, forensic images reviewed by experts. You have data. It's irrefutable. I've, no one, as I said at the earlier part of the show, no one has said, oh, they're, oh, they're reading it all wrong. They're, they're, there's nothing wrong with the machines. No one is refuting it. But the problem is you because you exposed it. It's like it is shooting the messenger and then going after you for criminal prosecutions. And you're right, the, the cascading or the contagion of the narrative, once they've decided this is what's going to be said, the media says it, the elected officials said, the judges are going for it, the prosecutors. And then you have people thinking, well, maybe there's something to it. I mean, look at all these people. But it is a little bit like, I guess not exactly like, but it's like this contagion of thought. You know, it's like we've all decided election integrity is not real. Donald Trump is making it up. He lied. And therefore, every time there is any kind of issue surrounding it, it must be, you know, the, the person who's talking about election integrity who is lying. Because, you know, we've, we've established it. I mean, it is the most, it's astonishing uh, breakdown of our system and also just astonishing uh, what you have to ascribe to these people who should be, you know, responsible journalists, noble prosecutors, noble law enforcement, noble officials. They should care what the truth is, but they're all instead down this path, go after the messenger. So I want to, if you, if you can tell me, um, talk about a little bit. So you've gotten more and more support. The people of Colorado are coming behind you. And I love that. And I, I don't know if it yet occurred. Oh, actually, first of all, talk about your trial dates. So you had a trial date set last week or two weeks ago, and then another one in March. So it got put off because. So Feb so um, uh, well, our uh, one of the attorneys, his, uh, his a family member, his daughter came down with COVID, so they had to push it. But um, so the 28th of February here in Mesa County at the Justice Center, there will be a jury selection for an obstruction case uh, where they, they they went they didn't get enough information they were still fishing so they wanted to go after an iPad that I had in my possession so they say that I obstructed uh, the, obstructed the, the police so that's going to I was I was fought they delayed listen to this the commissioners these evil people um, they delayed the commissioners hearing because they saw this iPad in my purse while me and, and uh, other supporters were attending a commissioner's hearing to speak, you know, and yep. they delayed the, uh, the, the the hearing to go get a, a, a warrant, a search warrant, and then they followed me after they got it, then they, then they uh, you know, ended the commissioner's hearing. It was all a delay to keep us there. Then they followed me and these five uh, supporters to a coffee shop uh, a block away. We walked from the commissioner's hearing and that's when they descended on there. They handcuffed me, they crushed my wrist. I've got pictures of my wrist you would not believe. I thought they had broken it. And when they pulled down and crushed my wrist, my right leg went up. They accused me of kicking a cop. I said, if I'd wanted to kick somebody, I would have done a lot better than that. Um, they didn't read me my Miranda rights. They, the next, next day I was in a, in jail, um, for, uh, and my dad died that night. Um, Sorry. they asked someone to watch a, a rape video, tried to give me a, 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 a TB shot. Uh, it was, these people have done nothing, but, but I wanted, wanted to, cause I don't want this to be about me and, and all the bad things done to me. I want to just say this, if you don't mind. My, when I was in jail for those 30 hours, I realized even more so 
because it, it, it causes some some uh, some mental um, issues, and that's what they wanted it to be. And I went by toothpaste at the grocery store, and it literally took me 30 minutes looking at all the choices that we have, looking at, you know, you have whitening and sensitive gum, and you have this brand and that brand. And it's even to this day when I go into a place where there's so many choices, because, you know, the January 6th people, people like me, when you when they falsely imprison you, you don't have a choice. And if they can do this to me, they can do it to each person out there listening to my voice. Because it's going to get, just like you said, Debbie, it's going to get to the point where they're going to, this, this um, overthrow, this conditioning of people that are asleep is going, it, that's how they're going to get their power. And anyone that speaks out about it will be persecuted and prosecuted. So we need to wake the people up. That's where I feel like God is, has led me, is to wake the people up. We have to let people know. You know, send them selectioncode.com. Um, you know, go to my website at tinapetersforcolorado.com. Contact me. Um, but, you know, the gifts and go, Tina Peters, to help us. But we have got to wake the people up. I went to church in uh, in Denver uh, about a month ago, and I was sitting there in the very back because I really didn't want anybody to notice me. I just wanted to worship and, and pray. And um, I heard God say, these people are asleep. We, our job is to wake them up. We've got to wake them up before it's too late. It's we we can't be we can't end up like the Jews, and um, you know we've got to do that. We've got to help them. Absolutely, I love you know. I will tell you, Tina Peters, you are one enormously brave, determined, relentless person, uh, person of integrity, and seeing that your situation and that bigger picture is exactly right. There's a, an effort in this country to cause, to tell people, you know, any mention of election integrity or election fraud is instantly, you know, it's a myth, it's a right-wing conspiracy. In your case, is living proof that there is actual substantive evidence and that the system's answer is, you know, go after the messenger instead of deal with the problem and fix it. So we could probably talk about a lot more. I want to tell our listeners, um, again, if you quickly tell us if they want to help you in some way, where can they go? I would love that. We need the support. We're hiring attorneys. We're we're um, making the public aware through you know media, um, uh, mainstream. I mean, not mainstream media, but through media, through other sources. I'm going to be doing podcasts. You know, we just need your help, whether it's being active, or whether it's through your finances, or getting the word out on your social media account. Um, uh, so you can you can see me at Real Tina Peters on Twitter and Getter. And um, and Tina Peters for Colorado.com and um, and then the Give Send Go Tina Peters um, help us get the word out. You know I will. Um, you'll hear more. There'll be there'll be an update here at the end of the month. But there's the trials going on. We need your love, your support, and and your prayers. And I really appreciate it, Debbie. You know to know about evil and do nothing is evil itself. Amen to that. Tina Peters, thank you so very much for joining us today. Thank you. Yep. Yes, Love same you. to you. Love you. Okay, my friends, uh, she's just an amazingly brave American, and there are many, many people like her. Uh, we need more and more because she's really standing up. And this is the entire full-on left-wing onslaught against her for exposing the truth that what occurred with the Dominion voting machines when she was in charge of them. And gave that information and put it and gave it to experts who confirmed there's a massive problem and the answer of the elected officials in the state of Colorado is to prosecute her and this is uh, I mean this just couldn't be more serious okay I'll probably do more on that later I want to hit two more stories and I'm gonna run out of time like I always say this hour goes by so fast um, I call this next segment Dems short for Democrats enforcing border is white nationalism and I am not joking. I'm just going to quickly give you a summary of this before I get to the State of the Union uh, conversation. So in Washington, D.C., the House Oversight Committee, House Oversight Committee um, is a, you know, they're, they're starting hearings and they're talking about the border and what in the world is going on at the border and border oversight. So at the beginning of the, um, or prior to the hearings, this is just today, prior to the hearings starting today, 
Uh, no, I'm sorry, yesterday, starting yesterday, uh, there is a, a Twitter handle, there's a, a Twitter handle that is just uh, Government Oversight Committee Democrats or something like that. And they actually had the disdainful, dishonest audacity to put out a tweet saying essentially that looking into the border insecurity, looking into what's happened to our border is, in their words, feeding white, it is designed to amplify white nationalist conspiracy theories. This is your Democrat party. If you vote Democrat because you don't like Trump's tweets or you don't like some other, just think about the level of astonishing dishonesty and just pure evil represented by that one tweet. The United States government, the primary job of the president of the United States is to protect the homeland. And that includes protect, would have to mean including enforcing the borders. We have a president who through his policies, his agencies underneath, underneath him, DHS and others, have literally abandoned the southern border. I'm going to give you some data about that in a moment. So to look into the abandonment of the border by the president of the United States, that is being called by your Democrats, people high enough in, in leadership and uh, pecking order in Congress to be part of the Oversight Committee, which is a huge committee. They put out a tweet essentially saying, here's what it said, good morning and good luck to everyone except Republican members who are using today's hearing to amplify white nationalist conspiracy theories. I mean, you, you doesn't get more evil than that because I'm telling you, you would think, and back to my comments earlier in the first five today, you know, anyone ration, marginally rational, marginally paying attention understands the border is why we have a country. It was, makes us sovereign. So someone calling, looking into why no one in the Biden administration is enforcing the border would be a primary job. But these people, these Democrats, are so convinced that you, the American people, and especially Democrat voters, are so deluded by the farce of this white nationalism movement, which is non-existent, by the way. There is no white nationalism. There is no huge white supremacy movement in this country. It's an utterly concocted lie by the cultural Marxists in Washington who spend all their time trying to think of ways to divide the American people. So they put out all of this white nationalism, white privilege, white supremacy garbage into the minds of young people, into the political conversation of America. And these Democrats in the House Oversight Committee are so convinced that Americans are so stupid that they would actually think looking into why don't we enforce the border represents an effort to help the non-existent white conspiracy nationalist movement in this country, which doesn't exist. And just if you do want to know what the hearing started with, so they had, you know, fortunately, the chair of that committee, James Comer, who's from Kentucky, called out at the start of the committee, called the disturbing tweet and warned Democrats it's in violation of the House rules. Okay, it probably is in violation of the House rules, but that's not his biggest problem. The biggest problem is it's a big, fat, ugly, divisive, intentionally harmful lie. And they know it when they say it. They don't believe there's a white conspiracy movement, a white conspiracy theory. They don't think there's a white nationalist movement. They think they have managed to invade the thinking of the American people to such a level that people will actually believe that the reason you would look into the border and the fact that people pour over the border with absolutely no consequence. And why would a uh, alleged commander in chief, alleged president, the you know occupier of the Oval Office, why would he allow this? So let me just tell you, um, so it is a violation of House rules. But there was also uh, Rep uh, Representative Byron Donalds. And if you haven't seen him, he's, uh, I think it's his first term. Uh, he's from, I've met him at a couple things. Anyway, uh, he's a very large, athletic, black Republican from Florida. And so, and he was one of the ones when they were going back and forth about whether or not to have, um, to replace the speaker um, or not. And Kevin McCarthy was, you know, making deals to get the speaker job. Uh, Byron Donald's name was floated because he's really articulate and, and very brave. So he spoke up and said, because he was so angry about this idiotic tweet by the Democrats and recognized, please understand, the other reason Democrats put out tweets like this is because Biden's conduct 
with respect to the border is utterly indefensible. There's nothing defensible about it. He is not doing border policy because he has some really different idea and he's trying something different. He's abandoning the border and the Democrats in the House know it and they know it's part of what Biden is trying to do to America, which is to destroy it. So Byron Donalds uh, jumped up, got to the um, got uh, time on uh, at, during the hearing, and just said, um, "I'm going to just cut to the chase for my colleagues on the other side of the aisle who want to state that we're using this hearing for white nationalism." This is Black Republican Byron Daniels Donalds. He says, "Ah, uh, I'm not doing that." And he invited them over. So if you feel that strongly. Come walk to this side of the room and let's talk about it face to face. But leave that kind of silly stuff for somebody else. Don't bring that here today. This stuff is serious. Great. I mean, it was fabulous. So in this hearing, they had two former Border Patrol agents, Gloria Chavez, who was the chief patrol agent, Rio Grande uh, Valley Sector, and John Modlin, chief patrol agent, Tucson Sector. So these people are testifying. Let's give you a hint of what they're saying. And this is understand this is when you have the white house spokesperson i feel like I, I make fun of her if i even put her you know her press conferences up because she she doesn't know what's going on she says inane things that have no connection to reality the recent one on this issue was the border pasal policy i don't know what you're talking about the border pasal policy is proceeding as planned uh, i guess that's probably true so here's what uh, one of these two agents had to say there were more than 2.3 million illegal immigrant encounters in fiscal year 2022 and more than half a million, more than a quarter of a million in December alone. And so they're trying to say, um, you know, I mean, the Republicans and the American people and the ranchers living along the border, everybody who's most directly impacted, and now actually the New York City mayor, who's soon discovering how hard it is to, to house, feed, clothe, medicate, take care of a bunch of people who come across the border and just demand to be housed, fed, clothed, medicated. And so, because we've been shipping some of them up there, I'm not saying that's a good plan, but it's a little bit of reverberation outside of the Southern sector for the mayor in New York City to realize, wow, this is actually a really big problem. So here's a little bit of testimony. Chief Patrol Agent John Modlin explained how dire the situation is. Again, Modlin's Chief Patrol Agent in the Tucson, Arizona sector. He says, um, in fiscal years 18, 19, and 20, Tucson sector had about 60,000 apprehensions adding that in 2021, there were 190,000 apprehensions. So they've more than tripled the previous three years combined. More than tripled the previous three years combined. Last year, it quadrupled. He says, we're 20,000 ahead of last year. Right now, I went from what I would describe as unprecedented to the point where I don't have the correct adjective to describe what's going on. And uh, Donalds, I love this guy, Byron Donalds, um, he said, there was somebody, this is a question he asked, there was somebody who became president of the United States in 2021, pointing out that Biden immediately got rid of the Migrant Protection Protocol, IMPP, uh, excuse me, MPP, Migrant Protection Protocol, in which individuals seeking admission to the U.S. from Mexico illegally or without documentation will return to Mexico to wait outside the U.S. for the duration of the immigration proceedings. So he says, in your opinion, this is Byron Donalds, a Republican from Florida, uh, questioning this guy, Modlin, Chief Patrol Agent Modlin. In your opinion, do you believe Biden's policy changes led to the drastic increases in border encounters? It's like, I mean, it's like the softball of the century. It's like the duh. But yes, he asked the question. Um, and the answer was, uh, Donald's also said, by the way, Biden stopped border wall funding. In your opinion, do you believe Biden's policies changed, uh, policy changes led to the drastic increases in border encounters? Please listen to this answer. Modlin said that when agents interview illegal border crossers in the Tucson sector post-arrest, they say they believed that when the administration changed, the law changed and the policy changed and that there was an open border. Imagine that. The message is getting to the illegal immigrants coming from wherever they are. They make their way to America and they're saying, yeah, of course we started coming now after Biden got became president. We thought the law changed. We thought the policy changed. So these people, these illegal immigrants, 
of course they're coming here because the message from the previous, the Biden administration, excuse me, the Obama administration, now the Biden administration says, come on in, America's open. And the thing is, every Democrat on that committee knows that. They all know it. They all know it. But because they have no defense for do not defending the southern border, is a, they have no, no, there's no rational defense there. The answer is to run to the race issue to claim that if you're trying to look into border policy and why we don't enforce our border, you must be supporting the white nationalism non-existent movement. Understand the level of evil represented by that. It's not just evil, it is evil, what they're saying, but it ties back to two, what the left thinks they have done to Americans, to ignorant Americans over the last decades. They believe they have cultivated the landmine, cultivated the field of Americans in this country to the point that they actually have some significant portion of Americans who are so ignorant, who are so wrapped up in, in the, the race issue, so wrapped up in thinking that everything that happens in our country is all about race, that they actually would believe what the Democrats are saying. The Democrats are saying, let me translate for them, they're saying, Americans, you are so flaming stupid, you are so out of touch with reality, we've manipulated you into a frenzy of foolishness that you actually will believe us when we tell you that border enforcement has to do something to do with white racism or white nationalism. It is preposterous, it's unserious, it's evil, and they know it, and they know when they're saying it that it's not true. But they're also telling you that they think a significant portion of Americans are just stupid enough, just manipulated and mesmerized and hypnotized enough that they'll actually think that could be true. It, it's, it, the level of evil is hard to describe and it is, it is deeply harmful to America. The least among us, the least educated, the least informed, those who don't have the capacity or the interest or the whatever it is to follow politics are easily led by this endlessly divisive effort of the left to divide America into silos by race, ethnicity, or some other division, and then be played and played and played and played and played by the left that every issue is really about race. In the meantime, they're covering for, they are protecting the President of the United States, he who occupies, or he's the Oval Office occupier in Washington, who is intentionally abandoning the southern border. And the Democrats know it, and the Republicans know it, and the border agents know it, and all they're waiting for, this is a finally have an opportunity, after Biden's been in office two years, to have a slim majority in the House that is, thank God, looking into this and pointing out what is really happening. Because for many Americans, if you're too busy, you might think, hey, yeah, the border, it's all about a race. It has nothing to do with race, and they know it. But they think you're so stupid, you don't know it. Okay, one last quick story before I run out of time, as I always do. I call this Truth About the State of the Union. So I, I tell you, we had wonderful company visiting us last night from out of town, and uh, they were more important to see than the State of the Union. I played a few clips, um, and I will tell you before I run out of time here, yeah, I'll quickly uh, uh, play one clip. Um, this was, I'm not playing um, Joe Biden. I, I can't, I mean, I'm not playing next, next week, but I'm not playing him. Uh, but there was a, a rebuttal by Sarah Huckabee Sanders, uh, who is now the governor of Arkansas. Um, I'm going to let uh, ask um, Emilio to quickly play a little clip of Sarah Huckabee Sanders and her characterization of the State of the Union. And I'll have more to say after. In the radical left's America, Washington taxes you and lights your hard-earned money on fire. But you get crushed with high gas prices, empty grocery shelves and our children are taught to hate one another on account of their race, but not to love one another or our great country. Whether Joe Biden believes this madness or is simply too weak to resist it, his administration has been completely hijacked by the radical left. The dividing line in America is no longer between right or left. The choice is between normal or crazy. It's time for a new generation of Republican leadership. Okay, I will tell you uh, two things. I, overall, I love her. I'm glad she's governor of Arkansas. Um, I want to 
correct, I think, two things she said. She, she had uh, several references in her rebuttal to the idea we need a new generation. She used the word young several times in her remarks about how we need a new generation of Republican leaders, young leaders, and people are thinking she's taking a shot at Trump that you know, he's probably not the right choice to run in 2024, uh, and that she may really be part of the whole uh, effort to uh, draft DeSantis to run. And, and I guess, he, I don't know what he's going to do. He never tells me anything, but DeSantis might be running, and maybe she's saying that. And it's kind of surprising because she would be a nobody were it not for her having been hired by Trump. So I'm kind of disappointed about that. The other thing I would correct is she said, hijacked, as though you know, somehow Biden was sane and normal and really kind of on track and on the American people, blah, 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 but he, you know, he got um, hijacked, and that is really inaccurate. Biden has been, even though you didn't know it, a radical leftist since the time he, he was elevated from a city council member to a sitting member of the United States Senate. He was bought and paid for from the very beginning by the, the a communist organization, Citizens for a Livable World. If you really look at his voting record, he's not a goofy, happy grandfather who votes, you know, for big, to help poor people. He's a radical leftist hidden in the facade of a, at this point, completely bumbling, dementia-ridden guy who is our president. But I liked her point. It's not really conservatives and liberals or R versus D. It's, it's you know, it's the same people or the crazy people. But I, I, I'm almost out of time this. I want to make this last point, and then we'll probably come back to State of the Union another day. But, you know, the idea that, of calling what Biden does and says as crazy is kind of like crazy like a fox. What we're watching, this takedown of America, is orchestrated, it's intentional, and it is intended to bring about the destruction of America as founded. For our radio listeners, you're about to go off, so let me quickly tell you, go to americacanwetalk.org. This is Debbie Georgiades, America Can We Talk. For everybody else, we are at the close of our time for today. So as I do at the close of every show, I want to tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we started our show early on talking about, um, hold on, I just lost the document here. Come on. Okay. Um, talking about uh, Orwell, Huxley, America, and the State of the Union. Uh, the numbing down and dumbing down of America continues. Censorship plow is, uh, plows forward. Americans are blocked from the truth on every subject, steered into lies on every subject. China threat, UK, Ukraine corruption, Biden corruption, vaccine dangers, open border consequences, trans grooming, Satanism, racism under every rock, rigged elections. We are listening to a litany of lies on those topics. True long COVID, the state of dependency and helplessness and perpetual fear in millions of people, a direct result of pandemic origin and lockdown and injections and financial aid and Medicaid enrollment has exploded since 2020. A dependent and fearful and sedated people given bread and circuses to quote Aldous Huxley, don't know what freedom is, they don't care and they won't fight for it. A corrupt federal government is doing this to its own people. The American people are the only hope. They must rise up. And on Democrats, enforcing border is white nationalism. House hearing on effects of open southern border, obvious effects, destroying national social fabric, killing thousands from fentanyl and other narcotics, vastly expanding human trafficking. And Dems say enforcing a border is promoting white nationalism. This is not an this is not intelligent opposition. It is not a good faith point of policy disagreement. It's a straight out propaganda lie intended to destroy America. Americans cannot and must not put up with this moral idiocy and insanity. A secure border is in the interest of every man, woman, and child who is a lawful U.S. citizen, regardless of race, ethnicity, national origin, or gender, or skin color, or any other category. We all need a secure border. America must get control of the southern border now. And on truth about the State of the Union, America's union has never been more fragile and vulnerable and teetering, and it is entirely due to the agenda of the leftist cabal installed against the will of the people. Example, Biden's State of the Union laments rising level of deaths by fentanyl. 
which is a direct result of the open southern border. Yet he acts like he, this is a terrible thing. I can't figure out why it's happening. Uh, more on that next time. Uh, but a direct result of his own policies. Relentless falsehoods and deceit about this agenda cannot continue to be tolerated. C-SPAN allegedly lost the signal during the televised Twitter hearings. Uh, that was today. Deep State is relentless. Sarah Huckabee Sanders nailed it. This is about normal versus crazy. Sanders spoke for millions of Americans. The awakening is ongoing. Will it be soon enough? And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so very much for tuning in to America Can We Talk every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time. I do this show, America Can We Talk, to speak truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. Can we talk truth about America? Can you